Welcome back to the Running Deep Podcast. We are in our series about discipleship this year, and I am so excited to continue our conversation. And this time, I have my friend Christina Hannon back on the podcast. She's been here a few times before. Um, Thanks for coming in to do this with me, Christina. Yeah, thanks for having me back. This is always an honor and a delight to, to be here with you. Yeah, I I so enjoy having these different conversations, and um, I'd love to just kick it off with a weird random question. All right. So, are you ready for this? I I didn't yes. warn you on this. Yes, I'm ready. So, what are three items you would bring on a deserted island? Ooh. Oh, that's that's a really good question, <laughs> and kind of great because a deserted <laughs> island sounds like my dream come true. Oh, why? So. Well, I don't know. Maybe not forever. Not like a long-term yeah. situation. But like you give me a weekend on a deserted island, I would totally take it. Mm. I think the number one thing that I would take with me anywhere and everywhere, including a deserted island, are my, AirPro- my AirPod Pros because oh. of the noise cancellation that okay. they have. Not even to listen to things, but to not listen if like I'm trying to sleep or something like that and I think wow that's that is an answer I was not expecting (laughs) (laughs) I think I would probably be pretty freaked out like trying to sleep listening to deserted island sounds yeah probably I would probably put those in uh second thing I think I'd bring a good book series along with me and because it would be fun I would probably bring the wing feather saga by Andrew Peterson have would, you read the whole series? A few times. Yeah. I love it. And I would read it again a few more. So that would that would keep me busy for a while. And then maybe the third thing would just be a swimsuit. Mm. You got to have that. Yeah. You got to have that. Yeah. I love it. I well, wonder if the noise canceling works if it's not charged. Probably not. Probably I'd not. probably have like one night. But it would. <laughs> to get yourself acclimated. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's funny. The those are those are some good ones. The Wing Feather Saga is legit. I have not got all the way through it yet. We're on book three with the kids. Oh yeah. And it's it's so good. They love it so much. They're dressing up as characters for Halloween. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> got your, your Can you guess yeah. which which character Naomi's gonna be? Is she Lily? No. No. She was considering Lily. Okay. She wants to be Oscar. Oh, wow. <laughs> Oscar and Ratip. Yes. That's great. I love uh, it. So, because she's my little bookworm. So, she said that she's got to come up with a quote, like, in the words of <laughs> something, please give me candy. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, so. Well, um, wait, 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 wait. What are your three things? Oh, man. You're okay. not getting out of this. My three things. I would totally do a book series um probably the narnia okay narnia that's another good one um if i could only bring one book from narnia i would bring the voyage of the dawn trader okay and coffee (laughs) (laughs) is that shallow how are you gonna make the coffee boil water Okay, so is that your third thing? Like a pot? A pot, I guess, <laughs> is my third thing. <laughs> okay. There it is. I don't want to steal your third thing. No. Do you have another one? <laughs> I, I did not have another one. I was thinking like purified water, but 
a pot. I need a pot. You you need a pot more than you need purified water. Yeah. You're, you're boiling the water. Right. You can purify it. Yeah. Uh, so that's a it's a fun icebreaker. But also, when you think about like when you think about that question, those are things that you see as like necessary, right? Mm. So it's like this is what I need, and I think that. If you were to look at the life of the church, there are some very necessary things in the life of the church, and discipleship is way up there in the life of the church. And so that's why we're doing this, um, is this is a necessary thing for the church to continue, because if we don't continue to raise up other believers, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, So today we're going to continue the conversation of discipleship, and today we're going to talk about how to be a discipler, and how to be a disciple Now, we talked about this before the podcast. I don't know if disciple is actually a word, but we're making it a word. <laughs> it sounds great. Um, so just to kick it off, I would love to hear from you, Christina, when you think of someone who has discipled you in your life, mm-hmm. who comes to mind and what did they teach you? Yeah. I think the woman that comes to mind just right like right off the top of my head is a gal named Rebecca. And she and I didn't have a formal discipleship, disciple mm. relationship, but that's absolutely what it was. And she just came alongside me. Our kids were playing basketball together and, and just started talking to me. And so mm. it just became a relationship of we're we're both here at all these basketball games and picking up our kids from practices and so let's make the most of this time let's get to know each other have good conversation and that formed into just a beautiful friendship Mm. do you still keep in touch with her today yes I do she uh yeah she just messaged me just a couple days ago and and so yeah it was it's always great to hear from her Mm. um where she's moved away now so that's why there's that's why I talk about it like kind of past tense. Yeah. Like, so she's not locally here, mm-hmm. um, which that does change a relationship as much yeah. as we like to think that it won't. But um, but it does. So I think that is kind of the key in discipleship is having someone that's there, yeah. that's in your your physical space with you, experiencing life with you as as it comes. And yeah, so that. That's what changed our res- our our relationship was just a move on her half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I love how you talked about how it was it was kind of organic. It didn't happen like forcefully, and it happened over time. And I think sometimes, sometimes when we think of discipleship, we can put it in a box based on what our experience is. So um, I grew up in a church great youth group I would say my youth group is where I would I really like grew a lot and made my faith my own and but my youth pastor was very much about discipleship but in his world discipleship was you go through these four discipleship books one-on-one with a person and you meet with them every single week and you go through discipleship book one discipleship book two you know it that Mm -hmm. was how it was and so which was wonderful. I grew so much and I learned how to disciple people. So I'm not saying that's the wrong way to do it. I'm saying that's a way to do it. And I had to realize very quickly as my life got busier and more chaotic Mm -hmm. that 
it doesn't always have to look that way. It doesn't have to look so formal or, you know, um, but maybe you're listening to this podcast and you only know discipleship in the life of your connection group. Mm -hmm. And it's just your connection group leader um, or your connection group together. And that's what you think of discipleship. That's again, not wrong. It's just a way. Yeah. Um, so when you think of, maybe let's just focus on Candeo right now. When you think of Candeo Church, what are different avenues of discipleship in our local church? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we can't, we can't discount Connection Group. Like yeah. that is, that is a great time that you already, one of the big hurdles in discipleship is like, when when are we going to meet? How are we going to yes. fit this into our schedule? And so to already have a set time in your week that this is when we're together. So connection group for sure is mm-hmm. one of those was one of those ways. Another thing that we have pretty regularly is equipping classes, mm-hmm. and and so even though that's a shorter amount of time where maybe it's only four weeks or six weeks, but you're sitting at a table with with other women and, and you can have that discipleship relationship just over those few weeks. Um, you know, sometimes we do have like one-off events, you know, like women's events or mm-hmm. summits that we have. And, and that maybe doesn't allow you to go very deep into a discipleship uh, relationship, but it mm-hmm. might be the springboard that right. you need to like, Hey, I met you yeah. at the summit. That was so great to get to know you. And I didn't realize that you are also passionate about this. And mm-hmm. that's something that I'm passionate about. And I want to learn more. Um, and so that might be the springboard that kind of gets you in that direction. Yeah. Can you think yeah. of anything else that we have kind of in place? Well, I think, um, I think like you said, the, the women's events, I, I would say aren't necessarily, like you said, the discipleship mode. But if you're listening to this and you have not been to an event, come. Because it is such a great way to meet other people. And mm-hmm. especially as we're thinking through the Titus 2 model, um, what a great place to meet a woman either older than you or younger than you that you can say, oh, hey, I didn't know we had that in common. Let's get together. Um, so that's just a you know, a plug for the great women's events here. But I think um, the the most passive environment for discipleship would be a Sunday morning, mm-hmm. um, the teaching and preaching on a Sunday morning. And I don't want to discount that because yeah. that is a very important thing in the life of a local church is the preaching and teaching of God's word. And so there I call it passive because you're not doing anything actively in the learning process unless, <clears throat> excuse me, unless we have something like right now we have those Ecclesiastes journals yeah. where you're studying it beforehand. Um, so that adds a little bit more active um, part on your part, but um, that is still that's still an important role of making disciples is coming and listening to the teaching and preaching of God's word. Um I think just as you kind of, I view it kind of as like a, like from the largest group setting and the most passive to the most active and one-on-one would kind of go like your Sunday morning to your maybe summits to your connection groups, then to like meeting one-on-one with someone regularly, and then mm-hmm. maybe just like 
walks with friends or more just like hangouts where discipleship can still happen in those environments. It's just a little bit more casual. Yeah. Um, and just parenting together also, if you have oh, sure. kids, like it just happens. They bring up all kinds of things, all kinds of our emotions or our anger or, yeah. you know, just like, how do I deal with this this situation? And so yeah, parenting just kind of does throw you into a place where I, I need help. Yes. Yeah. Um, so as you think back in those different contexts – what has this looked like for you? Yeah, I think I think I've been blessed to experience both mm. a very structured um, discipleship relationship and also several unstructured relationships. Um, we we were part of a church before we moved to Iowa that had actually a, a Titus two gathering on Mm. Tuesday mornings and so you were at a table and you were assigned a mentor mom and you'd have older women teaching um, each week and they'd just be sharing things from you know how to how to love your husband how to care for your children how to be workers at home all these things and so they would be teaching us on Tuesday mornings and then we'd have that time with our our mentor mom for discussion after the teaching Mm. and so that was a very structured discipleship relationship but it was it was so beautiful um so I'm thankful for that but also unstructured just you know that time with with Rebecca when we would sit on the bleachers but also going for a walk um actually I met a gal at Candeo we were serving together in the in the coffee bar and just in that time recognize like this is a godly woman you know Mm -hmm. like she's not just serving coffee there's so much more here Mm -hmm. and so then she reached out to me and said hey would you ever want to just go for a walk together Mm. and so then we started going to walks together on Sunday afternoons and and so that relationship grew into a place where I could talk about my marriage with her I could Mm. talk about parenting with her I could talk about you know what's what's the Lord been teaching you lately and Mm. then also get to hear from her as well like okay well how are things in your marriage how are things you know parenting she's got adult children now Mm -hmm. um what's the Lord teaching her so yeah I've I've seen both structured and unstructured, and I I see value in in both of those things. Yeah. They're both great. What's your experience been like? Yeah, as I look back, just um, people who have pulled me in and discipled me or I've discipled, I think I'd agree there's a lot of, like, structured um, where it's like, hey, let's meet every week and we're going to go through this book or we're going to read the Bible together Um, And then there's been a lot of just life-on-life discipleship. And I know that's such a cliche term, and I don't – I didn't even want to, like, say it because it's so just like, oh, life-on-life. But it's it's what it is. It is. (laughs) And it's it's grown in different seasons of my life where, you know, I can think about, um, gosh, way back in college where it's, like, just meeting up and – you know, maybe it's like going to a coffee shop with a friend um, who just really poured into me a lot. Or then it's like, you know, you have kids and I was just kind of lost in 
how do I do this? What, what am I doing? What can I do? You know, and, you know, just some friends where it's like, okay, they have kids maybe just a few stages older than me. And so let's get together and let the kids play. And we would just talk about everything from, you know, grocery shopping to disciplining your kids to marriage or, you know, sex when you have kids or I mean it like Mm -hmm. all the different variety of conversations that you can have but knowing I have these people in my life who have gone before me who are godly people you don't just want someone who's like just a stage ahead of you but you wouldn't want to become like them Um, they're godly people that can help me grow to become more like Jesus and invest in me Um, and also just thinking how can I be that for someone else and so looking okay what is happening in my life right now and how can I turn around and give that to the people behind me and what are some just easy ways that I can invest in the women who are younger than me Um, it might be going for a walk or like you said Right now we're in the world of sports, so it's like just pull up a chair next to someone who's there at soccer practice or whatever that looks like. Um, so yeah, I I I don't think there's been one model that I've stuck to. It just changes with different seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's a great thing. And each season might lend itself better um, to different things. So. When, when my kids were young and they had that Tuesday morning group at my church and they had childcare, yeah, that was ideal for that season. Mm-hmm. But that wouldn't have been ideal for a whole lot of other seasons that mm-hmm. I've been in. So I think also just recognizing it doesn't have to be the same thing forever. Yeah. Uh, have that flexibility. Understand your own your own situation, your own place. Where am I? Where has the Lord placed me? What does my schedule look like? How's this going to work? Mm-hmm. And then get creative and like, how can I bring discipleship into this where I am right now? Yeah, because when I mean, even looking back, it's like when I didn't have kids and I was working full time, it looked way different because you don't have as much time. Yeah. But there's still ways that you can invest in people and learn from people. Um, Would you say, like, as you've looked at different seasons of your life, has it been challenging not to want a different season? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I don't think it's just me. Yeah. I think this is just kind of a universal truth that, we, we, we want what we don't have. Yeah. And so we look at any season, you know, when I was single and I wanted to be married, when I was engaged and, again, wanted to be married. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, not having kids, wanting to have kids, not having a job, wanting to have a job, you know, not having that next bigger house or that next vacation mm-hmm. or whatever it is. There's always this idea that, oh, the, the next thing is going to be the better thing. Right. And – and that's not a good <laughs> it's not a good place for us to be. Like certainly there should be some sort of joyful anticipation in our hearts for how the Lord would work in our lives going mm-hmm. forward, right? Like we can we can look toward our future with hope. Mm-hmm. But 
not enjoying where we're at right now because it's not that next thing, that's where it gets really dangerous. And I think that's why discipleship can be so 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 beautiful, so important is because it, it allows us to um, to relate with someone who's maybe in a different season mm-hmm. and they have the ability to look in and see like, hey, you're in this season and this is a beautiful season because XYZ. And and as you get on to the next season, those things are gonna change. You know, every season has great things about it and harder things mm-hmm. about it. And so having someone who's farther along than you with the the ability to say where you're at right now, like these are the gifts of yeah. that particular season. So don't miss these. You know, we hear it all the time, you know, like I don't know, if you're at the grocery store and you can overhear an old lady every time like, oh you know, they're talking to somebody with a young kid, like the, it goes so fast, you yeah. know, enjoy yeah. it. You know, it's, it's that sort of mindset, yeah. right? Like, yeah. um, it does go fast. So enjoy these seasons that you're in and not just the ones with young kids, but like even in your singleness, like there are things in that that are is so beautiful yes. that you're going to have to give up when when that's not your season of life anymore and and not to say that the next season would be bad but um it's going to have different joys so Mm -hmm. having someone being able to call out and say this is the joy and these might be the struggles but you know don't don't put all your your hope into just the next season Mm -hmm. rather than what the lord has for you in every season yeah because we we need we need our brothers and sisters in Christ to speak truth to us and to remind us to see the gifts that God has given us in our season and also to be aware of um, what our season might lend us to and how we can use that as a gift to serve the Lord. Because sometimes I look back on, Especially, I think, the season where Jake and I were first married, but we didn't have kids yet. And I think, man, I wasted a lot of time. (laughs) We sure had a lot of fun. And, you know, that is just a joy to just have a lot of fun. But also, I'm like, boy, I... I could have used a lot of that free time differently. And if I would have had someone speak that into my life and just say, hey, maybe you could even just use one of those nights Mm -hmm. for the Lord and serving the Lord in a capacity. And that's not to say we weren't serving and we were, you know, but it just, you look back and you're thinking, wow, we did a whole lot of hanging out. Yeah, yeah. So even just having someone encourage you to say, hey, you have time. Use it for the Lord. Don't waste this season. Don't waste your singleness. Don't waste your years without children. Don't waste your years after your kids are gone, you know, and out of the house. And so every season has their gifts and ways that we can use it for the Lord. And if you're in the season where you think, I don't have any time because I've just got toddlers and babies coming out my ears Mm -hmm. that's okay there are still ways to use it for the lord um what are some lessons as you look back what are some lessons that you've learned yeah i can think of a couple the one one that comes to mind is that friendships like relationships discipleship relationships 
trust with people, it takes time. Mm -hmm. And you might not have like an instant friend connection with someone, but if you look at their life and you see like they have the character of a righteous person, like this is something that is worth emulating it would be worth giving that relationship time to grow. Mm-hmm. It it might not be that you find them like really like easy to talk to right away. It might be like an intimidation factor or something that that needs to be gotten over, but like give it the time if you see like there's something in their character that I I want to learn how mm-hmm. they got here. Yeah. Um so it'd be worth it. And then the other one is just beware of idolizing mm. people. Um, mm. If you're asking yourself, oh, how, how, would, how would this person perceive what I'm doing mm. rather than truly living your life to honor Jesus, like that's a, that's a good indicator that, oh, maybe my, my priorities are off in this because um, we want to be disciples of Jesus first and foremost not right. this other person yeah so it can be easier to look to that that discipler because they're they're here they're yeah, present they're, they're in, in the flesh yeah. they're warm right uh but you have to keep checking your heart because it, it, it shows up when you when you don't expect it because you 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 do see great qualities in them mm-hmm. but they are not they are not god yeah and you're a different person than them So your life is going to look different, but you can still learn from them, but also be a different person. Yeah. Because sometimes it's like, oh, if I'm to be like them, I'm going to do every single thing they do. Right. But the Lord might be calling to you to something very, very different than them. Yeah. 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 What have you learned over the years, Sarah? Um, I, I just... There's a lot of random things. When I look back on different relationships, whether people are pouring into me or I'm pouring into them, the thing that I look back and think of the most fruitful relationships that I've had over the years have been women that I've just read the Bible with. Mm-hmm. Yep. In different capacities, in different ways, it's looked differently, but man, those conversations have just been rich. And I can I can just think about the lessons. And sometimes even I, I still have a friend, two friends that we studied, um, we studied Gideon together. And at the end of the study, the study kind of went into Ephesians 6 about the armor of God. That was pre-kids. So maybe 12 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, and we still to this day text each other randomly like, hey, do you have your armor on? Mm, it's like, yes. who would have thought 12 years ago like that would still today, you know, mm. be be something that we're encouraging each other, you know. Yeah. So I would say if you can't do anything, just be in the word with one person. Mm-hmm. And it it might not be – meeting up with them every time it might just be hey i'm gonna read the book of ephesians do you want to read the book of ephesians and we can text about it and maybe meet up every once in a while about it or you know um i just god's word is written for us 
to be applied to our life. And so, so many different conversations are going to come out of Mm -hmm. studying God's word. And you might not even think about, oh, I really did need to talk about my money with a friend today. But you wouldn't have brought it up except for you're reading through the book of Matthew. Yeah. So that would be one where I would just really encourage. There's there's several different books. Um, one is just like, I think it's called one-on-one Bible reading, and it's very simple. Um, but really, it it's just as simple as pick a book of the Bible and read it together. There's no magic to it. <laughs> um, something else I've I've learned over the years is. Sometimes we can confuse community with discipleship. Mm-hmm. And community doesn't always equal discipleship. Yep. And discipleship doesn't always equal community. But we need both. Yes. And so sometimes you might have a discipleship um, relationship and a community relationship. And within both of those... They're going to have both, you know, they're going to have aspects of both. Um, but I think that sometimes we want, like, one relationship to give us everything we mm. need. And it, it obviously it's not because no one's perfect. Jesus is going to give us everything we need, and so we can't put that weight on that relationship. Mm-hmm. So how do you distinguish which is which? So if we have a community, which is important, how does discipleship differ from just yeah. being in Christian community even? Yeah, that's a good question. I think in Christian community, like your connection groups, you will have aspects of discipleship where you're learning from one another. But the goal, the end goal is community, the bond of the brothers. Mm-hmm. The goal isn't necessarily how can I – disciple you there's not like that mentor mentee mm-hmm. model um and so I think being okay with that and knowing I'm gonna still learn from these people because we're all disciples of Christ um but it might not be as intentional yeah so I see maybe like the the goal would categorize it what's the goal of this and the intentionality mm-hmm. because when I get together with someone who maybe I just want to hang out with, I'm not thinking, hey, what do I really need to talk to this person about and how can I get there in the conversation, you know? Yes. Um, But like I said, I think they're both going to have aspects of each other. Mm -hmm. It's just thinking about the goal. And I think so often we put the pressure on friendships to be everything we need and that just isn't always the case and that's okay yeah um another one is just it it takes a it takes time it does and sometimes you might not find that good fit and it might be a hey this is good for this season and now life has changed or you know but um it it takes time and it's okay and consistency just Mm -hmm. be consistent and faithful with what God has set before you in every season. Um, again, some of the most fruitful relationships I can look back on are, are friendships and relationships that have been over time. 
mm-hmm. because you're you are walking through the highs and the lows of your life and those are the people that I have so learned from because I've watched them go through trials and learned and they've walked with me through things and mm-hmm. I've learned so we we can't view it as a four week there I'm done kind of right. thing it's got to be consistent so. yeah that's true yeah consistency and intentionality like just be intentional with the time that you have with someone no one likes wasted time <laughs> <laughs> that's true um so as we just wrap up um, this conversation, how would you say, um, like, are there any healthy boundaries you would put in place? Mm-hmm. And what would you say to someone, like, you have discipled a lot of women. And I, I just want to stop and say thank you for mm-hmm. the the women that I've heard in the life of our church who have been discipled by you. Like you have just discipled so many women. And so I know that that takes time. So thank you for doing that. It's it's a joy. And also just like, what would you say to someone who wants to be discipled? Mm. Um, So I'll say that again. Any boundaries that you would Mm -hmm. put in place? And how can someone be a good disciple-y? Yeah. Those are great questions. Yeah, I think, you know, and I can only really speak from my own experience and what I've seen. But for me, it's you have to make sure that you are checking your heart, like I already talked about. Mm-hmm. Like, is is my intention, like, I want to learn to follow Jesus more? Yeah. Um, or is it that I, I want to become a miniature version of this other person? Yeah. Um, and so checking your hearts and then is there a natural end date or is there maybe an end date that you want to put in this, uh, you know, setting up of this relationship when you're meeting together? You know, some things like, like when we were talking about informal things, you Mm -hmm. know, if it's just like, Hey, let's go for a walk this week. And these things just kind of pop up, whatever. That doesn't necessarily mean an end date, but a good boundary is like, if you are meeting with someone, it might be better to say, like, let's meet for this semester. Mm-hmm. That way, as you begin these regular meetings, if you see, like, this person is showing up, they are consistent, they are, you know, doing any homework that we've we've discussed doing, um, they are, you know, like, active in, in this relationship, or it's like, I don't really think this is going anywhere like Mm -hmm. uh and it it might be because of just differences in I don't know there could be a whole lot of reasons but like uh, if you're saying like I don't know that this would be helpful to continue then then you already have an end date so you're not hurting anyone's feelings by saying okay now it's you know December our semester is over and um this this has been you know I don't know I don't want to say it's been been great great if we just said it's not been great and we don't want to continue. Right. But maybe it has been great. And and you say, this was really fruitful for me. Like I've I've had that accountability to be memorizing scripture and you're asking me, you know, the questions that 
I need someone to ask me for accountability or growth or whatever it is. I want to continue this. Mm -hmm. Can we meet again next semester? So even if you put like a shorter end date on it, that doesn't mean that you can't continue if you would both agree like this has been really, really beneficial and I I really want this to continue. so that might be something is just like give it an end date if if that's the kind of meeting that you have. Yeah, I think also like uh, if you're thinking if you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, I I want to find someone to pour into, or mm-hmm. I I'm thinking of this one person that I would just love for them to pour into me. Don't start the conversation by, hey, will you disciple me? Or, hey, I want to disciple you. That's kind of scary. It feels like you're signing your life away. (laughs) It does. It's so much much pressure because so many older women that I talk to, even godly women, are like, who am I? And we look at them and we're like, you have been faithfully following the Lord for years. Mm-hmm. Like you're still married to the same man, you know, 20, 30, 40 years later. Like that takes incredible sacrifice, devotion, yeah. just surrender to the Lord and mm. and, and I want to learn from you. So it is it is a lot of pressure to like when you say like I I want you to be my disciple or, you know, but maybe a better way would just be like, hey, can we read the Bible together? That yes. doesn't seem intimidating. Yes. Yeah. Can we go out for coffee? Can we go for a walk? You know, like try it out a couple times. Mm-hmm. Like you don't you don't even have to sign yourself up for a whole semester at first. It's yeah. just meet up a couple times, see how it works. And then maybe you can say, hey, would you like to meet up for a semester? Would you like to, you know, um, don't don't sign your life away yeah. right at the beginning. Yeah, um, yeah. What would you say to someone um, who is the disciplee? What are some like? What would you like to see from someone who you're investing in? Mm. I think well, showing up. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a big thing. It's um, you know, show up for a meeting when you when you set a meeting, and and come hungry yeah um come with with a question or a desire what is it that you want to accomplish I mean maybe it's a goal that you set like hey let's make it a big goal if you want like let's memorize a whole book of the bible together Mm -hmm. like that seems crazy Mm. it's not it's not that crazy and so having that sort of uh relationship where you're like okay this is um, you want to grow in this, and and I want to help you with that. That makes it a whole lot easier as a discipler. So if if you're a disciple, yeah, come with like a goal or a plan or questions or um, even just like how do you, how do you how do you do this? I see this in your life. Mm-hmm. How did you get to where you are today? Tell me your story. Yeah. So yeah, come with an idea of what you what you're looking for mm-hmm. and and questions along the way yeah yeah be intentional with the time that you are taking from the person because they are investing time in this both of you are and so you don't want to waste it you don't want to get to the last and I've done this myself you're so enjoying just spending time together and then you get to the last 10 minutes and it's like oh I wanted to ask you about this it's like 
just come with those questions yeah. ready because yeah. you don't want to waste the time. Exactly. Um, and also, don't expect them to be Jesus mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. Don't put the weight of who we need Jesus to be on them. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to be perfect. They're not going to f- fulfill your every need. Um they are also just like you, a disciple of Christ. And so don't place the heavy burden of being your savior on them. Know that they are normal people who have limitations just like you and I. Um, And also just be a life giver. When Mm. you meet up with someone, make sure that you're asking questions of them too. Mm -hmm. So don't just wait for them to ask you, how are you doing? Ask them, hey, how are you doing? How can I pray for you? What are you struggling with right now? Because they're, again, they're a real person. And so you don't want to just be a bucket with a hole in it, you know, Mm -hmm. where they're just constantly filling them. Um, You want to be a life giver too. And when it works both ways, those are the relationships that last a long time because mm-hmm. you're iron sharpening iron and it it invests in both both people. And that's when I think it truly does become a discipleship relationship that turns into community mm-hmm. because you're able to go both ways and invest in each other. Um, would you add anything else? This has been a great conversation. This has been a great conversation. I, I'm sure that there are so many things to add, um, and and you're just going to go, and I want you to experience them yourself. Like, yeah. it is okay if you make a mistake in yes. this. If you're <laughs> like, well, maybe next time I would do things a little bit differently. <laughs> yeah. I think that's great. Like, yeah. everything in my life, I kind of ask that at the end. Like, I think next time maybe I would tweak this a little bit, and I've never, ever gotten everything perfectly right. Yeah. So, yeah, just go forward in in anticipation of how the Lord would work and know that it might not be perfect the first time. It might not be perfect ever. But um, if you're pointing people to Jesus or or they're pointing you to Jesus, then, then that's great. Yeah. Go out in the power of the Holy Spirit and start discipling women. And if you want to be discipled, Work up that courage to go ask that woman to go for a walk or go out for coffee. Thanks for joining me, Christina. Thanks for having me.